You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You worked all week. Work, 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 work. You didn't have time to look at your fantasy lineups. Son of a But don't be afraid. That's why we give you Weekend Fantasy Update. Woohoo! Here are your hosts, Joe Galina, Frank Stample, and Mike Florio. And welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, and Pete Considori producing our show. And you can hear us every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time. And if you download the FNTSY Radio app, you can listen to us whenever the heck you want. And listen, That is right. <laughs> listen to any show on the network at any time. So uh, before we uh, left at the end of the last hour, we uh, started to talk about Todd Gurley, and we have about uh, three and a half minutes to bash him. <laughs> if you remember, Gurley exploded onto the scene in 2015, uh, averaged just over 141 rushing yards per game during weeks two through five of that season. And it looks like you know fantasy uh, players have to pay for that four weeks of, of production uh, even to this day. Because uh, since then, 24 games only rushed for 100, yard, 100 yards or more once. Uh, average yards per carry of 3.43. Yeah, I think the reason why he's still going as an RB1, it, I think it's twofold. One, I think everyone still believes the talent is there. Like, Todd Gurley has this ability. We saw it flash. You know, we saw it all throughout college. We saw it flash in his rookie year. Put him in the uh, Pittsburgh Steeler offense, right? Uh what are the other uh, – put him behind the line in Dallas. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we all kind of have said, all right, it's not Gurley's fault. It's a team around him. Right. So a I little think, bit. He's got to take a little bit of, of – I, I think it's more on him than people want to say. Right. And I, I'm a big Gurley supporter, but we had Evan Silva on the BFFs. Gurley man. I'm a Gurley man. Yeah. And, uh, you left yourself wide open. Silva was talking about how Gurley, you know, really failed to make defenders miss. He failed to create yards after contact. I mean, a lot of that probably is on the O-line as well, because he's probably having to make people miss once he gets the ball and right. all that. But I remember last year he was getting hit. His average yards before contact was negative one. So, I mean, that's obviously a lot on the team around him. Right. But I do think that some of it is on him. The other reason I think people are, are buying him, though, is the sheer volume. I mean, you look at it last year. I believe he had, like... One game where he had 50, less than 15 touches. Yeah, he's going to see a lot of games where he gets 20-plus carries. He's going to see a lot of games where he's getting all the red zone carries. And I think what also helps him is Lance Dunbar just got hurt. Mm-hmm. I was worried that they were going to try and make Lance Dunbar their Chris Thompson. Right. And it was going to take some of the receptions away from Gurley. But he's banged up now. He's out. Who knows when he's coming back. So last I saw, Lance Dunbar didn't have a timetable. So obviously Gurley could still be the receiving down back for them. I think just the sheer volume and the fact that they think I, I think it's a little optimistic thinking. They're thinking it can't be as bad as last year. They brought in a new younger head coach. Maybe they get more inventive, more the, the creative in the way they use Gurley and they're hoping that the talent wins out. Right. All right. Well, we spent a few minutes bashing him, as, and he deserved it. Let's face it. <laughs> when we come back, though, uh, Eagle Talk with Brandon Lee Gowton. Uh, manager and editor-in-chief of Bleeding Green Nation. And uh, we'll be right back with Brandon.
quarterback to receiver hookups, running back depth analysis, rookie values in dynasty leagues, deep sleepers, training camp battles. These are just a few of the in-depth features you will find inside the 2017 RotoExperts.com Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Plus, you get a full year of in-season coverage as a bonus. Get the Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package now at RotoExperts.com. Enter free radio at checkout for your special discount. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, along with Michael Florio, Pete Considori, producing our show. And we are thrilled to have a very special guest, Brandon Lee Gowton, manager and editor-in-chief of SB Nation's Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, he writes about the Philadelphia Eagles. You could follow him on Twitter at Brandon Gowton, G-O-W-T-O-N. Uh, you could go to his website, bleedinggreennation.com. Brandon, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Well, thanks for coming on and sharing part of your weekend with us. Uh, so the Eagles, it's going to be an interesting season. Uh, you know, the Carson Wentz, uh, he had a great start to his rookie season uh, last year. Uh through week four, had seven TDs and just one interception. From there, he slowed down a bit, but that's understandable in you know, a rookie season. Uh, overall, he, he showed us that he has a big arm and, and some mobility. Uh, and the Eagles, uh, it seemed like they realized that they expected too much out of him last season. Uh, they're expected to take some of the pressure off of him. How much of a jump uh, should we expect from him uh, this season? Yeah, that's the way you summed it up there is just about right. I mean, uh, the whole plan all along was not even to play Carson Wentz really at all. Obviously, that changed when the, the Eagles traded Sam Bradford to the Minnesota Vikings for a first-round pick. But, you know, Carson Wentz started all 16 games. He took his lumps. Things weren't always pretty. There were times when he struggled, and there was only him to blame for some of those struggles. But there were times when he also just was really the clear victim of a terrible supporting cast. And now going into year two, he has some of these weapons, and it's already paying off in, in terms of he's looking good in training camp. Uh, there, there's a lot of encouraging signs with him. He looks a lot further along to me than he did at this point last year. The accuracy looks a lot better. Um, the, the touch, the deep ball is looking good. He's not a finished product by any means. It's not like there's going to be no struggles at all, but he just looks a lot more advanced to me in year two. Seems to have a real mastering of this offense. Hey, and I, you just brought up the weapons that he has around him. They went out and they signed Alshon Jeffrey. They signed Torrey Smith. Jordan Matthews is back in the slot. They got Zach Ertz. Given all that, how do you see this passing attack playing out? And is there a way that these – is it possible that these four could really take away from each other? The targets are going one way or another week by week? It's an interesting discussion because there are a lot of mouths to feed in this offense. You do have Alshon Jeffrey. Torrey Smith is here. Nelson Aguilar is having a good offseason. Jordan Matthews is still here. Uh, Donnell Pumphrey could get some touches. The Eagles have been using him in the passing game as well as the running game. You have Wendell Smallwood and LeGarrette Blunt, and, uh, and you just have a lot. And Darren Sproles still. I almost mm -hmm. forgot about mm -hmm. him. And again, Zach Ertz. There's so many names here. It's, it's a really good point that there could be uh, a lot of targets sharing here. I do expect, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, if he's healthy and he's in the lineup, he's going to be the guy who gets the bulk of the targets just because. He's just so much clearly better than all of the other receivers. He's such a, a great fit for Carson Wentz in the sense that 
Uh, you know, there's times where Wentz might struggle with his accuracy or there's times where he might just need to throw it to someone when things break down. And Jeffrey is absolutely that guy who can just go up and make the play even if the ball isn't thrown perfectly to him. So I do expect Jeffrey to be the lead guy. So who do you think that, you know, I mean, obviously this is a fantasy sports-related show. <laughs> who do you think that would be the best receiver that our fantasy uh, players could trust? Would it be Jeffrey at this point? I think it would be Jeffrey. The other guys, you know, you're, you're, he's definitely going to be starting and playing all the snaps. When it comes to Jordan Matthews, he's put up some big seasons in the past in terms of volume stats, not so much uh, an efficient player as much as he's just been a volume guy. I don't think that's going to be the same case this year because you have Aguilar coming along, um, and then you have Jeffrey now and, and Torrey Smith still, so I would expect his numbers to go down. And then Smith and, and Aguilar, they could be – splitting playing time to some extent. So I don't know how that whole rotation will work out in terms of those guys being reliable. I think Jeffrey is the only clear guy who can count on to be reliable. Okay, and so we're looking at it. Jeffrey, though, you just said he's the only guy you think could be reliable. He's already banged up this uh, in the camp. So is Jordan Matthews. What are the latest with their injuries, and are these something that could you know linger onto the season? We've seen Alshon Jeffrey deal with a number of injuries in the past. Yeah, it's definitely a fair concern. Sources have told us, though, that uh, the Jeffrey thing is completely precautionary. Doug Peterson had even said recently, as yesterday, that um, the injury is behind him and he just wanted to keep him out on practice on Friday because it was a rest day for some of the veterans. Some other veterans had missed practice yesterday. So um, not no real big level of concern there. I think the Eagles are clearly, you know, just holding him back, knowing that, all right, you know, this isn't the guy we need to risk getting hurt in the preseason. We know what he can do. He's had a, Alshon has had a very good offseason. Let's just get him through to the regular season. All right, let's try to figure out what's going on with the Eagles running game. I mean, they, they signed uh, LeGarrette Blunt. I mean, we all know he led the league with 18 rushing touchdowns last season. I mean, he's obviously in line for a little bit of regression. I mean, to ask him to, you know, rush for another 18 touchdowns kind of silly, but, uh, how do you think the Eagles are going to use him? I mean, can we expect them to get early down work, goal line carries? I mean, uh, would you even consider him maybe a bell cow back at this point or, or not? I wouldn't consider him a bell cow back just because the Eagles still have three other running backs on the roster that will probably make the team in addition to him, and that's Darren Sproles and Wendell mm-hmm. Smallwood right. and Donald Pumphrey, although I don't think Pumphrey will be a huge factor in the running game. Um, I think, you know, Blunt's going to be the guy. He could get some early down work. Um, he's going to be in all the short yardage and red zone situations. So, you know, the touchdowns will still be a big factor for him. Right. Obviously, like you said, I don't, I don't <laughs> think we're going to see 18. I think 8 but, to 10 um, is I, viable, I think, right? I, yeah, I think that's absolutely a fair number. Um, so there, there'll still be some value in that. I do think you have to keep an eye on Smallwood potentially sealing time, especially if Blunt isn't playing well the bulk of the carries could go to him, so you have to keep an eye on him as well. Speaking of Smallwood, I, I know the reports have indicated that Donald Pumphrey has could, could surpass him. At least, I mean, I know it's so early on in, in camp, that charts don't really matter right now, but do you think, is there any real truth to that? And if an injury was to occur to LeGarrette Blunt, would it be Smallwood getting the bulk of the carries? I think it would be Smallwood just because I think the way that you've Use Pumphrey. You know, Pumphrey may have gotten more reps than Smallwood at, at certain points in the spring, so we saw. But at the same time, Pumphrey's also getting a lot of those reps more as a receiver. I think he could factor into the passing game. 
um, more than he does as a runner. I think Smallwood, who is also able to catch the ball, but I think he's more of a, a viable kind of starting running back if if Blunt is out of the picture for injury or, or because he's ineffective. I don't think Pumphrey is a guy. His size at, at uh, whatever he is, he's like 170 pounds or so. Um, I, I don't think you know that's viable as a, a starting running back over a long term. And I, I know you brought him up as a pass catcher. Is Darren Sproles still going to be the Eagles' third down back? I think so. I mean, Sproles is this is potentially his last season with the Eagles, and just in the NFL entirely, he might retire after this year. I, I still think he's going to have his normal role that you can count from him pretty much every year. He's you know, especially again because it might be his last year. I'm sure the Eagles want to get as much as they can out of him while they still have him. All right, Ryan Matthews is still on the Eagles roster, but he hasn't been uh, seen at camp. I know he's uh, fighting some injuries. I mean, what are the chances that he, he even makes the team? And if so, what kind of role do you think he could have in this crowded backfield? Yeah, I think it's virtually none. I think uh, the, the hold up there for the Eagles is the fact that he had a, a really bad neck injury, apparently, at the, at the end of the season last year, and he's still been recovering from that. And the talk all offseason around Philadelphia and around the team is that they're going to cut him. It's just a matter of him needing to be healthy to pass the physical so the Eagles can save $4 million by cutting him. So I don't think there's any chance he makes this team. But I do think, you know, some other team might be able to pick him up if he proves out, you know, to be healthy enough. At the same time, if that neck injury is serious, he's going to be, I think, 30 this fall or 29. So uh, he might just be done if, you know, the injury really just you can't come back from it. What are you guys? I mean, obviously, I'd expect that in Philly, there's a lot more talk on him and his injury. He seems to be out of like the the talk in the national news. But this injury to Ryan Matthews is it something that I know you said you think he could be done? Would you expect him to keep playing football, or do you think we have seen the last of him? That's a really good question. Um, it's he's been like almost impossible to track down. No one's really been able to get. Uh, any kind of information out of him or his camp. They've been really quiet on that, so it's been hard to get anything concrete on that. This, the only impression seems to be that, uh, again, the Eagles are waiting to cut him. I think this month sometime when, when he gets healthy and uh, they can cut him, if he, if he does get healthy enough, and then they can save that money. So, I, I, again, I think they're definitely moving on, um, but maybe he'll be an interesting free agent for someone to pick up at, at this late stage in the offseason. All right, that's Brandon Lee Gowton. Uh, appreciate you uh, taking party weekend, spending it with us. Great stuff. Uh, manager and editor-in-chief of FSB Nation, Bleeding Green Nation. Follow him at Brandon Gowton. Uh, look for him at bleedinggreennation.com. Brandon, you have a great weekend. Thanks for joining us. Great stuff today. Thanks, guys. All right. Take care. It's me, Joe Pizzapia, best-selling author of the Fantasy Black Book series. And right now, you can get the 2017 Fantasy Football Black Book on Amazon as we speak. What are you waiting for? You can get it for ebook, for your Kindle, or for paperback. And it's not just me this year. No, I brought in some friends. I got Jake Seeley. I got Sammy Reed. I got Gary Davenport. I got championships, and they're waiting for you. Find out why the Fantasy Black Book is number one best-selling in fantasy sports for the 10th straight time. You know why? Because once you go Black Book, you never go back. 
And welcome back to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Getting close, like I said, to fantasy football draft time. Month of August, just full of drafts, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I basically have a draft every weekend until the season starts. There you go. There you go. And, uh, hey, you want to get draft information, uh, fancy football exclusive edge package from the Roto Experts. Uh, you get to read some stuff from Mikey Florio, the King Scott Angle. I've got a couple of things on there. Uh, we'll take you through your draft. And Joey, then, Joey, Joey, yeah, Joey. Yeah. You can't be like, oh, you get Mike Florio, Scott Engel. I have a couple of things. And you got to be like, hey, you get Joe, oh. the fantasy Jesus <laughs> slash hitman Galena. Uh, I guess I'm too too uh, modest, right? Too humble. No, but you, you're the man there. So, look, uh, just when you uh, order the package, enter promo code free radio for a nice little discount. Yep. All right. Free radio at checkout. Ding! So that was a good spot with our friend uh, from SB Nation, uh, Bleeding Green Nation, Brandon Lee Gowton. Good stuff. Yeah, right good ahead. information from mm-hmm. him. And to me, the fact that he thinks that Ryan Matthews is going to sign somewhere else, I, I have to agree with him. I, I have Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Matthews ranked kind of low, mm-hmm. but... I remember at one point I said, don't forget about like a guy like a him or D'Angelo Williams if you're in a real deep league because there's always a chance that someone gets hurt at training camp right? and they go out and they a team signs one of these two veterans and they're getting hurt, carries earlier on in the season. Or you know maybe it takes an in-season injury. We, we see this happen a lot. Hey, you know, we're going to get back to our bust. I just want to ask a quick question uh, of somebody we didn't get to earlier, uh, Will Fuller. Broken collarbone, out two to three months. Um I mean, he was a guy that really wasn't high on draft boards to begin with. But it looks like, uh, you know, we had Jason Braddock on here a few weeks ago. He was talking up Braxton Miller. Um, any love for him now that uh, Fuller is on the shelf for a few months? Or basically, I mean, if he's going to be taking Fuller's spot and Fuller wasn't really high on draft boards, I mean, what, what do you think? So I, I, not saying I was super high on Will Fuller. I think I was higher than, than a lot on him, though. I had him in, like, the 60s. I was taking shots on him deep in drafts because I was looking at it as this was a guy who came on really strong last year and then kind of fell off, hit the rookie wall or whatever you want to say. But to me, the biggest thing was he is a guy with game-changing speed, stretch the field ability, can get behind the defense, and Brock Osweiler is a guy who throws four yards per throw. Right. He had the lowest yards per attempt, I believe, in all of football. And that obviously doesn't bode well for a guy like Will Fuller who's trying to stretch the field and, and you know really make a lot of these big plays. Right. So I thought any changes, Tom Savage, Deshaun Watson, who doesn't have the strongest arm but is better than Brock Osweiler, I thought any change would help Will Fuller. Mm-hmm. So Will Fuller got hurt. I, I really just threw him down the rankings. I put Braxton Miller around the range. I had Will Fuller. There's two caveats for this, though. First, Braxton Miller was going to play in the slot already with Fuller healthy. Right. But when they went to two wide receiver sets, it was going to be Fuller and D-Hop. Now there's talks that it could be Miller and D-Hop so that he will play out wide at times. But the other caveat is last year, Jalen Strong was used primarily in the slot as well. Mm-hmm. He's in... The running for some touches here. I think this is his make-or-break season with the Texans. They always talk about how much potential and how much of a, a freak athlete this guy is, but it never really translated. So they're both competing for for the work right now. 
which one is going to be used in the slot. I would imagine it is Miller because he's more of that. He looks like he fits that role better. He also did a lot of work with Wes Welker in the offseason, too. So he's trying yeah. to improve. So yeah. I, I, I do. I, I have moved both of them up, but I have Miller higher. Mm-hmm. And if, if you want to take Miller where you, I was taking Fuller, you know, one of your last round flyers. Right. So then you're throwing at the wall, hoping with, with the upside hits. I have no problem with that. All right. Why don't we get back to a, a bust or two? There we go. <laughs> Uh, Watch you throw one out there. What, what do you think? Uh, Brandon Cooks is, is is somebody that you're not high on, or I I don't know if I'm going to be the low guy on him because we had Heath Cummings on a couple like a month ago maybe, and he said that he had him ranked outside his top thirty. Right. I have him ranked twentieth, both in PPR and in standard. I'd rather him in standard because he's never been a guy who's going to catch a lot of, of balls. Mm-hmm. But I just think that much like last year, this was when he was on. The Saints, He coming into the year, was Drew Brees' number one target. Right. Got surpassed by Michael Thomas, but still was heavily involved. Their number, clear-cut number two target there. And still owning him. His end-of-the-season numbers were better than it felt like if you owned him. Like, I'm sure if you owned Brandon Cooks, you were frustrated, and then you looked at his end-of-the-season numbers and were like, wow. He had over he had eleven hundred yards right. and if it was like a, a roto football league, yeah, you know, you'd oh, feel yeah. better, right? Yeah, he's Instead kinda of a, like a, a like a Justin head. Upton type player where right. he's gonna do a lot of his production in in certain games and then someone tweeted me the other day and they were like, Brandon Cooks won me three weeks last year. Mm-hmm. I was like, Oh cool. He was like, Yeah, he lost me ten. <laughs> <laughs> so I was laughing. I was like, oh, I don't think it was he that set bad. You up, but or she set you up whoever was I, I was like, I, I don't you. think it was that bad. But no, I agree, especially since it's it's New England, man, mm-hmm. and the way Bill Belichick game plans, he he will one game it will be heavy dosage of Gronk, one game it will be heavy dosage of Edelman, one right. game it'll be heavy dosage of Cooks, and Cooks. Oh, they're comparing him to. They're saying, oh, he's never had a Tom Brady's never had a second outside wide receiver like this since Randy Moss. Well, you know, he's not Randy Moss either. So right. he's probably the closest thing to Moss, but he's not Moss himself. And last year. The Patriots, it wasn't like they were, you know, firing the ball at all cylinders. They they were very a very balanced offensive attack, running the ball a ton. And this year, you know, they they went out and they got Gillisley, they got Rex Burkhead, they still have White. I could see them giving the ball to the running backs a lot. And uh, Bill Belichick wants his running backs to be able to both run and catch the ball, which shows you how heavily involved these guys are going to be. Mm-hmm. I just think on a week to week basis, Cooks is going to be way too inconsistent for my yep, liking. Yep, uh, last year. Th- I think he had seven games of 68 receiving yards or less. And then he also had the boom games, right? The, the 143 yards uh, receiving in week one. Then he had uh, in week five, 173 yards receiving. And then uh, 186 yards receiving in week 14. Then uh, against the Rams, I think he was healthy but didn't have a target, right? Yeah. No, he, <laughs> and he was pissed after yeah, that yeah, game yeah. and talking out. Yeah. Do you want that as your wide receiver one, though? No. No. Uh, especially like you mentioned, uh, based on his history and also just uh, like you mentioned, being part of this this Patriots offense where they're just uh, other than Edelman and Gronk, you know, you just don't know which way Brady's going to go week to week. And to to bring it back to this draft that I keep referencing that I'm in the middle of right now, I'm mm-hmm. actually I'm on deck, Joe. So I might right. get to make a pick on air. Hopefully, Jim Ross, our loyal listener, yes, he Good he man. is the pick after me. He took Brandon Cooks in the second round mm-hmm. as his wide receiver two. Uh, I'm sorry, wide receiver one. He paired him with LeSean McCoy. Then he also has Crabtree, Sanders, and Macklin. I not, love Crabtree this year. I, I do too. And that's not a bad receiving core. Mm-hmm. But I would feel so much better 
if you know it was I mean he took him over Cooper I, I mean, you're not seeing that too often in drafts mm-hmm. over Dez you're really not seeing that in drafts but a Doug Baldwin a Terrell Pryor these are all guys that I have ranked higher mm-hmm. I have Michael Crabtree he, Jim's number two wide receiver I have Crabtree ranked higher mm-hmm. than Brandon Cooks so I have Demarius Thomas DeAndre Hopkins all got Allen Robinson Keenan Allen Sammy Watkins all guys that went after Brandon Cooks I have them all ranked higher so that tells you where I am so since you mentioned Crabtree uh, do you think that Cooper's going to be able to make that leap this season. I was very high on him like way back in the, in the preseason. I've cooled off to, to Cooper, although I still think, you know, look, you know, year after year he's going to get better. But do you think that he he's going to get better enough where taking Crabtree a couple of rounds after him doesn't make more sense? I'd rather Crabtree, and I'll mm-hmm. tell you why. This is Cooper's yards by game. 137. 71, 62, 48, 138, 129, mm-hmm. 29, 173, and this is where it gets bad. 56, 57, 22, 59, 29, 28, 76, 39. That's how he ended the season, right? That is how he ended the season. Yeah. So he had one, two, three, four monstrous games last year mm-hmm. where he had over, he had 137, 138, 129, 173. You add that up, that's around i mean i'm not doing the math yeah. right now but that's about probably close to 50% of his yardage right. in four games mm-hmm. and those other four weeks you weren't very happy could he take the next step certainly the reason i'd rather crabtree because you're not paying for that ceiling if amari cooper takes that next step and he is the wide receiver 8 or 9 10 mm-hmm. this year that's what you're drafting him to be you're right. leaving yourself nowhere but down if you draft him because he's either going to be what you draft him to be or he's going to let you down right you know i like the more proven guys around him like i i'd rather a des bryant a guy who is proven the only thing that really i worry about with des is health but <laughs> he's actually one of my busts say the truth is he yeah we you know we will talk about des bryant <laughs> but with, with with cooper yes so do you do you like him where he's going? I, I don't. I have not drafted Cooper. You know, anywhere we were doing the first look together, and we kind of did like a little mock draft amongst us three on air. Yeah, and I, I think I took him if I remember like early in the second round, and uh, I've kind of evolved from that. Where no, I don't like where he's going now, and and I don't like where I took him back way back then. Yeah, and I mean, I mean, to me, like I said, it kind of almost makes more sense based on the production, and that's kind of like what you were getting at, to take uh, Cooper you know, a couple of rounds later. You mean Crabtree? Uh, I'm sorry, Crabtree, yeah. <laughs> and, and I think it does because you're, Crabtree you know, has been the more consistent one. He's yeah. the one getting a lot of the work in the goal line. he's on. not just a, a red zone guy, too. He's no. getting you 80-plus receptions a season. Yeah, and, and to me, yeah, maybe Cooper could become more consistent, and he's not going to be such a boomer bust. But mm-hmm. like I said, you're already paying for that. I don't want to pay for wide receiver eight and think if everything goes right, this guy's going to be a wide receiver eight. That's why I like the guys before him because they're so safe. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, my God, they're either going to – everything's going to go right and they're going to be what I draft them to be. Right. It's You draft a Michael Thomas, a Jordy Nelson, A.J. Green, one of those guys, and you expect and, – and you can trust they're going to give you – top 10 wide receiver numbers you can't do that with cooper absolutely and when we come back on the fantasy sports radio network more busts and maybe we'll talk a little uh des bryant des bryant let's, uh, let's do it up. okay we'll be right back in the fantasy sports radio network
Get in the huddle with the most on-point college football predictions and analysis from the nation's leading expert. Whether you're looking to gain the advantage in Vegas or win your college football fantasy league, the new Go For The Two exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package will make you a winner. I'm college football analyst Joe Lisi, and my predictions and insights have been featured nationwide parlaying my successful predictions in Las Vegas. I break down all the big games, identify the big upset teams, scout all the top players in the country, and focus on the under-the-radar picks that will surprise. Every week during the season, I get you ready to cash in with the most bold picks while breaking down every matchup. And for those playing college fantasy football, I set you to draft like a champion and help carry your team to the top when the season starts. So go get the Go For The Two exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package right now at rotoexperts.com. Enter promo code FREERADIO at checkout for your special discount and start saving on the way to more rewards. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galina, Mike Florio, P. Constantari producing our show. We're talking fantasy football busts. And before we went to commercial, uh, we teased a little Dez Bryant. I'm a little lower on Dez. I don't think you're too high on Dez. But, uh, I mean, for me, it's a big thing of him just being able to stay on the field past couple seasons. Missed time due to injury. Hasn't uh, played a 16-game season since 2014. Um, Dallas Cowboys, obviously a run-first team. But look, if he's healthy, he's going to be a top wide receiver. But uh, again, I just don't trust him to stay healthy. Uh, Also, if you look at his uh, catch percentage, it's gone down the past couple years. And uh, Before you even talk about Dez, what do you think about uh, Zeke and the time that it's taken for the NFL to make their decision. Uh, you think that they're waiting for Jerry Jones to be inducted to the Hall of Fame and then, then they'll make their, their their announcement? I mean, the longer they wait, what do you think it works more in Zeke's favor or not? I'm hoping it works more in his favor. <laughs> Jer- take it for what it's worth. Jerry Jones came out yesterday and said he does not think that Zeke will be suspended. Yes. So, I, I mean, Greg asked me yesterday if you're drafting this weekend, which a lot of people are. Uh-huh. Where what would you do if you were the third pick? Mm-hmm. I said in standard, I'm taking Zeke. Mm-hmm. In PPR, I'm more. I, I will take Antonio Brown. I get it; it's right. safer. Mm-hmm. But I cannot boost a running back ahead of Zeke right now because we don't know if it's a short suspension, like they're saying. Maybe it's a game or two. The guy I have ranked fourth is Lashawn McCoy. Mm-hmm. He regularly misses a game or two. So right. if I'm getting the same amount well, of let's games. Face it. A lot of running backs miss a game or two. Exactly. So I, I, look, McCoy's at the stage of his career, I think, that he's in his upper 20s. You think if you draft him, you're going to want to take uh, Jonathan Williams yes. a little later, right? Yeah. I mean, he's one of the guys that you want to get that handcuff. And we have seen in years past, not only have McCoy backups, like Carlos Williams two years ago, Gillisley last year, yep, yep. had some standalone value, yep. but when he's that, out, they're, they're top 10 running backs. Mm-hmm. I remember two years ago, I was using Carlos Williams in DFS every week McCoy was out. And right. last year, Gillisley was a top 10, 12 running back when mm-hmm. when McCoy missed. So the argument some people make about uh, Zeke, look, even if he does miss two games, look at uh, fantasy owners who had shares in Le'Veon Bell last season, right? I mean, they did fine uh, hey, in the past couple years. They probably won their championship where, where Bell but that's, was going. But that's when, you know, if you could get your hands on a, a backup like a D'Angelo Williams, right? Uh, I mean... When, 
who do you think is going to be the backup uh, in Dallas? Is it going to be McFadden? Definitely. I think I so. Mean, I mean, Morris. The fact that Morris was playing in the second quarter mm-hmm. and late into the game in the Hall of Fame game tells me everything. They, right. they, they're done with him. And I said this to Frank one time, looking at a glass half full. Say Zeke misses a game. You know who they're playing week one? You should know. My team. The Giants. Yeah, my team. Great run-stopping yeah. defense. They say he misses two games. Mm-hmm. Week two, they get the, the Broncos. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it, it's not like he's missing the easiest right. opponent. So, maybe you can get by with those two. Plus, plus, unlike the other guys, like, say Shady gets hurt. Mm-hmm. You don't know when that's going to happen. I hope it doesn't. Say one of these running backs miss a game or two, and right. then they play 14 games. At least with Zeke, if he has to miss a game or two, you could plan for it. You could look at week one and two and be like, oh, maybe I want Jaquiz Rogers. Maybe he is a favorable right. matchup or someone like that, and get that guy to have a contingency plan. But if you don't draft right, right, and let's say Zeke does get a two-game suspension and you don't pick up uh, a viable option, as his back, you know, as a, as a well, that's running on back. You. That, that's on you. You're right. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, the, the regular season of fantasy football is so short that, looks, you know, if, if you mess up and you lose those two games, that could be the difference between you making your fantasy playoffs or not. Yeah, no, you, but you're right. Point. It is on you. But if you, if you go into your draft and saying, if Zeke falls to me, say he falls four, five, six, wherever, or maybe you're at pick three, if you go into your draft knowing you want Zeke, and you don't have a plan in place, you miss out on McFadden, mm-hmm. and you don't have a backup plan, oh, in case I don't get DMC, this is a guy I want to start week one or two, Right. and you're just out there taking shots on rookies, and that's a scenario where I know you said you wouldn't want to own too many rookies. Mm-hmm. They might Rookies may take a little bit to get that full workload, right. or even you know be half of the workload, whatever it is. So maybe you need to have at least one running back that you would feel comfortable starting weeks one or two mm-hmm. if Zeke missed. And if you don't have a plan and you lose week one or two because you don't have a plan and then you don't miss the playoffs, mm. you have no one to blame but yourself. <laughs> Very good analysis. <laughs> and, and everyone wants to hear, because I took you off track, talk to me about Des Bryant. Everyone's Joey, just waiting. I don't hear. know if you have Des Bryant's stats in front of you or not. Yes. I guess you do. Yeah. Did you... If well, if you didn't have it in front of you, and I told you over under three point five seasons that Des has had a thousand yards, would you have taken the under? If it was if you gave me the number three, three point five, three point five, uh, I probably would have taken the under just based on his last couple of seasons. That, he's done it three times yeah. in his career. Yeah. I, I I thought it would have been more than mm-hmm. that. I mean, he's been in the league for a while now, since 2010. Yeah. Like I said, the 2015 season, nine games played. 2016 last year, 13 games played. But the, the seasons where he played a full complement of the 16 games, 1,382 receiving yards, 1,233 receiving yards, 1,320 receiving yards. And look at these touchdowns, 12, 13, and 16. Oh, amazing. Yeah. The, so, but so, it's a different team now. It is. You know, and, so I don't know if he's going to get a chance to, to, to score 12, 13, and 16 touchdowns if, if Zeke doesn't you know, get suspended. And it's, it's not like Dak is throwing the ball all over the place. Right. 459 attempts last year. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at his, uh, Dez's game log. He had three games with double-digit targets. You know, I'm looking, I see a couple of games with nine, some with eight. You could live with that. But there was the occasional five targets, six right. targets. And I remember last season we were talking a lot if if Dez was going to demand the ball because right. that's a very Dez like thing to yeah. do. I think this year, I, I'm not with you in calling him a bust, mm-hmm. but I'm not excited to draft Dez right. Bryant. Like, but he's going like early second round at this stage. Right? I have him ranked as wide receiver nine. Mm-hmm. 
And I'd but much rather the, the top eight mm-hmm. because that's what I said. Remember, I said, you know, the top eight. And then after that, I was looking at it and I was just like, uh, do I want T.Y. Hilton in there? I'm not really sure. So I definitely I'm going to move T.Y. down. I haven't done it yet. I mm-hmm. am going to move him down. So I really want one of the top seven wide receivers as my guy. Yeah, I'm looking my at guys. fantasy pros consensus uh, ADPs. Uh, Des Bryant overall number 17 so middle of the second round of a typical 12 team draft right after him is T.Y. Hilton and like you said I mean T.Y. Hilton may be dropping yeah further based on uh, any news we get and about luck I'm going to tell you I don't expect to have Des Bryant on any teams this year and mm-hmm. it's it's not because I don't want him like right. I said I'm not excited to draft him but it's not like I'm actively avoiding him but I'm looking at it like this if I'm early in the draft He's not falling back to me more than likely in round two. Mm-hmm. If I'm in the middle round, middle of round, well, middle of the draft, I'm taking a wide receiver in round one, and in round two, I'm taking a running back. I've already said I want one of these top, you know, right. eight guys or whatever. And even if one falls, I'm gonna take a running back in round two if I have a receiver in, in round one. If I'm at the back half, which is where I love to be this year, mm-hmm. I'm taking one of these top seven running backs and one of these top seven wide receivers. It's just what I'm going to do. Right. And at that scenario, all three scenarios, I don't really foresee myself getting Dez unless I take I have an early pick, I get a DJ or a Bell, and he falls to the end of round two, which doesn't really happen. I'm calling him a bust because, like I said, his injury uh, proneness and where he's going in drafts. I mean, I'm not comfortable taking him in the middle of the second round. I'd be more comfortable taking him maybe third, fourth round. I know it's not that big a fall. But um, and the yeah. thing is, he's just I I I would much rather have him where you, where you would want him, but yeah. he, we're just not going to get him right. there. He's going the middle of round two consistently. A lot of Dallas fans out there too. That that is true. <laughs> I mean, I would take him like I have him one spot over Doug Baldwin. Mm-hmm. Then I have him over Cooper, Thomas, Pryor, Hopkins. A little sample in my you rankings. Have him ahead of of Cooper. Yeah, I do, and, and I would take him over Cooper, but I I'm just I like I said I don't foresee it happening very often. There you go. Uh, you have another bus for us? What position you want? Surprise me. Ooh, <laughs> surprise you. All right, one guy I spoke about this week, and and I will, I, I'm writing about him when my article comes out, he's in it. I want absolutely no part of Marshawn Lynch. Wow, okay. Yeah, I... I now, what's that based on? Where he's going in drafts? Because, in, like, I like Lynch... But where he's going on in drafts is a little bit too early for me. He's, where's he going, like third round or so? Yeah. Yeah, so I've seen him often go in the third round. Yeah, he's really moving up. Yeah, and the thing is, I according wrote... To, by the way, just to let you know, according to Fantasy Pros, uh, he's the 24th overall pick. So that's, that's right at the cusp of the second Borderline <laughs> second yeah. round, yeah. yeah. And I don't want to mess with that. I wrote about him for my article that will be coming out sometime this week. Mm-hmm. He's a 13th running back off the board in PPR, 12th in standard. Mm-hmm. And it so makes sense that he would like go higher him? in standard. What I don't like. You don't like old people. That's your problem. He's 31 years old, Joe. Mm-hmm. To he's be had, a year off, he's recuperated. He's, he's refreshed. He's had, if you count the playoffs, <laughs> just regular season and playoffs, over 3,000 carries in his career. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of wear and tear. Right. He averaged, I know the O-line is better now, but he averaged 3.8 yards per better. carry in his last season. Mm-hmm. I looked it's not at, just better. It's a lot better. Everyone not named Latavius Murray rushed for over five yards per carry last year. I, I like the other two a lot. They did it in small sample sizes, yeah. though. But I, I like those guys a lot. And I think they will have value because I think Lynch could get hurt. Mm-hmm. I think. So I looked, like I said, 3.8 yards per carry. I looked at every running back since 2000 who's averaged three point, less than four yards per carry. 
that got to a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. They last year Frank Gore did it, two hundred sixty-three carries. That was the fewest of the thirty-two running backs who did it. Twenty-two of them had over three hundred carries. We're already hearing reports that he could get less than two hundred carries this year, which makes sense because this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations. But again, you can't believe everything you're hearing at this stage of the game. I, I just I Fake can't fantasy news. I can't see with you had those two capable running backs behind him. Why are you going to pepper your veteran Frank Gore, who's a uh, Marshawn Lynch, when you want to go deep into the playoffs? You want him there. Huh? More fantasy football yeah. talk when we come back. I'm going to ask. Mike, I want to know what his numbers, what he projects his numbers for Lynch when we come back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's the summer, but you can already feel the howl of the winter wind. You don't want to go to the beach. You want to break out that heavy coat and head for the stadium parking lot because nothing makes you feel warmer than football season. But you don't have to wait for the calendar to flip a few times at rotoexperts.com where fantasy football season has already started. The award-winning team at Roto Experts has you ready for the new campaign with the return of the exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package for 2017. Packed with tons of in-depth insights from the industry's top experts, we get you fully prepared for a championship campaign with a deluxe draft package that includes projections, strategy articles, sleepers, busts, a cheat sheet generator, and so much more. And you're guaranteed additional access throughout the regular season. So put your gloves on now, even while it's hot outside, and get into mid-season form. Go to rotoexperts.com and register for the 2017 Exclusive Edge Fantasy Football Package. Enter code free radio at checkout for a very special discount. And we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network Weekend Fantasy Update. I'm Joe Glenn. I'm here with Michael Florio. And coming up right after us is the father and son. Fantasy NASCAR Hour. That's right, you just heard the Fantasy Prince. Sean Angle is going to be doing a show with his dad. Scott the King Him Angle. and his dad. Him and his dad. And uh, they'll be talking about some fast cars and loose women. So that's a good listen. Hey. Hey. <laughs> uh, so uh, I want to know. We were, you were bashing Lynch. You know, I, Like I said, I mean, I don't really like where he's going in drafts right now. You know, but if I could get him a little later, I, I think that uh, working behind that offensive line, I think the year off benefits him, right? I think playing uh, in front of his hometown crowd just gets him pumped, right? How much of a contract does he have? Is he just going to play this one year? And football doesn't really matter, yeah. right? You could just leave but, whenever the heck you want, or they could cut you. <laughs> I think a lot of people are, are seeing it the way that you are. They, they're looking at all the, the positives. Right. To me, he is, without a doubt, the riskiest pick in the yeah. first few. I'm not taking him as my 30. RB1. According to Fantasy Pros, that's yeah. where you got to take know, him. I know, that's what I'm saying, yeah. I, I will not do that. And you know what? I'm not even, say I start off with one of the high-end running backs, I'm not taking him on that 2-3 swing. Mm-hmm. It's just, to me, it's too risky. Too much could go wrong, and... I'd I'd rather it's I did it with Frank Gore last year. I'm gonna do it again with Lynch. I could be wrong. Right. Lynch could surprise all of us. Right. He maybe he could rush for a thousand double digit touchdowns. Is that your uh, your predict, prediction? No, no. I, I mean I think give it's, me a I prediction. Think, Just at those, we're not gonna hold you to it. Obviously, come on. It's off the top friends. of the head, I'll say 850 yards and 
nine touchdowns. Yeah, I was thinking more 900 to 1,050 yards. Uh, T- not touchdowns? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking uh, somewhere in the eight and high end would be 10. But uh, we'll say, why don't we say seven to 10 touchdowns? Yeah, see, and the thing is, I think the touchdowns are what you can rely on him for because I think they will give him the, the carries inside the, the goal line. Mm-hmm. We saw in the red zone last year Latavius Murray kind of dominated, and I expect that to be Lynch's role. Mm-hmm. But outside the 20, DeAndre Washington, like you said, who averaged the sixth most yards per carry, over five yards per carry. J- uh, Jalen Richard averaged the second most yards per carry mm-hmm. in the league. These guys are not going to go away. I think they're going to be the pass catchers there. Which hurts Lynch in a PPR. I, I just think overall, Lynch may mean more to the Raiders than he will to your fantasy team. All right. So we just have a couple minutes left. Why don't we uh, talk quickly about uh, Lamar Miller? Who are we getting out of him? Are we getting the guy that everyone thought they were going to get last year, uh, a solid RB1? Or are we getting uh, another disappointing season out of him? Uh, he says he's feeling a little bit more comfortable in 2017, more uh, accustomed to the blocking schemes. Uh, per uh, Pro Football Focus, best average yards per carry after contact uh, for Miller 2016 uh, when he had 15 to 19 rushes per game. So should we worry about that? I mean, in, in terms of how many touches he's going to get overall and per game? I think so. I think we all bash the Dolphins saying, oh, why <laughs> wouldn't he use this guy more, give him the carries? But it, it showed last year. I don't. Think, I don't think he's built to get... 20 plus touches a game. I think what the 15 to 18, like you said, is the perfect range to have him in. And I, I mean, I think last year he had a fine season. We expected way too much out of him. We put right. lofty expectations on him. That's why a lot of people don't want anything to do with him this year. Right. I think he could repeat what he did last year and be a very fine high end RB2. Mm-hmm. It's just I, I wouldn't want that as my RB1. There you go. All right. Uh, I'm kind of in the same ballpark as you. Uh, but uh, like I said, after the show, uh, following us is the Father and Son Fantasy NASCAR Hour. For Michael Florio, for Pete Considori, producer extraordinaire, I'm Joe Galina. Thanks for tuning in to Weekend Fantasy Update. We'll catch you next weekend. <laughs>